Hey there, I am Michiel Krijgsman, a data professional and football enthusiast. And you are listening to Model Behavior, the podcast about football statistics and performance analysis. How can data help to find answers to tactical questions and help to understand events on the football pitch more precisely? In the midst of a sports data revolution, everyone is looking for answers. Behavioral science, mathematical models, and statistical analysis are all part of explaining performance. In this podcast, I take a look at this relatively hidden side of football. The numbers behind the shots, the stats behind the plays, and the odds versus the results. Here you won't find coverage of current events. This is not another podcast that reviews last weekend's fixtures. So none of that this weekend's action nonsense. We're not here to talk about the weather, we're here to talk about the climate. Analogically speaking, of course. So welcome to Model Behavior. We all love to see long-range shots that end up in the top corner. But more often than not, they don't end up in the top corner. They end up being blocked, saved, or wide, resulting in a turnover. This doesn't stop players from trying, though, um, especially if they're supposedly good at long-range shots, not to mention the ones that aren't. Now, I'm sure you remember Kompany's game-winning screamer from last season against Leicester City. Now, there's a reason Pep Guardiola still wasn't too thrilled about Kompany's decision to shoot from distance back in May, even though he scored an absolutely astounding goal. Now, why? Because statistically speaking, it's really not worth it to try from that distance. And Pep knows this. And that brings us to the topic of today's episode, namely finishing. I want to zoom in on long and short-range finishing by using the expected goals model and focusing on several top and mid-tier players. What kind of insights will the underlying data provide us when looking at shots? Let's find out. Let's start with an analogy to introduce a new metric we'll be looking at throughout this episode. In golf, every course has its difficulty. If you complete a hole in fewer strokes than the hole is set for, you've hit X under par, uh, which means generally you're overperforming. Um, now, if you do not clear the hole within the amount of strokes set for par, you underperform. Therefore, if you subtract the amount of strokes you cleared the hole with from the par number, you get a handicap, which indicates more or less how good of a player you are. Quite a simple metric, but useful to gauge general golfing skill. Now back to football, because in football we have expected goals, or XG, which reflects the chance an opportunity is converted into a goal. Based on historic data and many variables, XG only shows how good of a chance it is. A penalty, for instance, gives 0.75 xg, meaning 3 and 4 go in, or that you have, let's say, a 75% chance of scoring from this particular chance. Therefore, the analogy can be made with golf. The xg amount is the par uh, for the hole, and uh, amount of strokes is goals. As a result, the finishing abilities of a player can be gauged by subtracting the amount of goals scored from the xg to see, of course, if the player is over or underperforming in this area. And to stick with the golf analogy, I'll coin this the finishing handicap, or handicap for short. Now, before things get too complicated, let's take a look at some examples of players and their shooting data. 
Now let's start by looking at a player who's notorious for his long-range efforts and who's known for claiming any set piece he can get his hands on. Now I'm talking, of course, about Cristiano Ronaldo. In his first season at Juventus, Ronaldo fired 153 shots from open play and 16 free kicks. Um, now of those 153, 100 were taken from inside the penalty area. And for the sake of the topic being finishing quality, uh, I took out all the penalty stats, including the expected goals and the handicap. Ronaldo's shooting output after his first season in Juventus stands out in having both low conversion rates, so goals per shots, and a negative handicap of minus 3.58. Meaning that according to the expected goals model, he should have scored 3 to 4 goals more. Now from those 153 shots, he ended up scoring a total of 15 goals, which could or should have been at least 18, a significant amount to say the least. Now there's a lot going on here. So when we take a more detailed look at his output, we immediately see that his relatively low conversion rates can be attributed to his long range efforts. And when we split this number up into shots from inside the box and from outside, things get a lot clearer. Because first of all, he basically takes any chance he can get to fire on goal. From anywhere, really. And this confirms what our gut feeling is already telling us about Ronaldo. Um, and the data is showing this as well. Because of those 50 open play shots from outside the box, he managed an average of 0 0.015 expected goals per shot. This comes down to an expected 1.67, so one and two-third goal uh, that he should have scored from those 50. But he didn't. He scored a total of one. That's right, one goal. Mind you, this is Cristiano Ronaldo we're talking about, not your average Joe. So you'd kind of expect a different output here. Or, well, at the very least, uh, better decisions by not shooting from impossible angles. Now, in comparison, let's take a look at Paulo Dybala's 17-18 season, because since it's the same competition, the same shot volume, and the same coach even, uh, I'd say it's a pretty fair comparison. Dybala scored 4 goals in 49 shots with a total XG of 1.8, at 0 .037 expected goals per shot. Now already you can see that Dybala's shot quality is a lot higher than Ronaldo's and his conversion rates as well. Um, so we can already conclude that he's better at every aspect of shooting from distance than Ronaldo is, statistically speaking of course. So let's zoom out, because when it comes to shooting from distance it's all about picking the right location to try your luck from. And Dybala clearly knows where this piece of real estate is located. Um, and Ronaldo, he doesn't seem to have a clue really, um, whether he doesn't know about the efficacy of his shots or is just blinded by the potential glory remains a mystery. But the fact that he doesn't make the right decision when it comes to shooting from distance is pretty clear, because really, one goal in 50 shots is not a number to be proud of. So what to make of all of this? Is Ronaldo a bad player? No. Is, is Dybala a better player? Well, who knows, but that's not what this is about. The, the point is making the right choices. Because not only does Dybala shoot better from distance, but more importantly, he chooses better locations to shoot from. He's better at assessing a situation and chooses to shoot when the expected goals will be higher. And as seen before, Ronaldo seems to have more of a no-guts, no-glory kind of mentality. 
he has poor decision-making skills when it comes to shooting, and specifically the locations he shoots from. But what does this mean? Because at the end of the day, football is about making decisions on the pitch that match your skill set. Players or the team need to understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. As we've seen from various examples, uh, a player's performance heavily relies on his decisions. Shooting from distance is one of those skills that are very prone to picking the right moment and location to do so. So this is what should be focused on when gauging a player's finishing ability. Now, whether it's Juventus Ronaldo, Paulo Dybala, or Espanol's Borja Iglesias. So let's go back to where we started, to Compagnie. So should he not have done what he did? Should he not have attempted this shot and as a result not have scored this amazing goal? Maybe, but in this case, him shooting from distance, or rather Manchester City shooting from distance, is quite an outlier. So there's not much to worry about. Now if a team's or player's statistics show that they consistently shoot from locations with an XG of around 0.1 or lower, um, then you really have a problem on your hands. Because not only did you go for glory and likely miss, um, you also just gave away possession. Something that's often overlooked in these situations. Now I'm not advocating to stop shooting altogether, because what would we do if we had to live without moments like these? Van Bronckhorst, well he's gone from range and he's found an absolute beauty! Stunning goal by the Dutch captain Gio Van Bronckhorst! Company, had a look, had a hit! Thank you for listening to Model Behavior, a podcast about football statistics, with me as your host, Michiel Krijgsman. In the upcoming episodes, I will dive into many different topics, from penalty kick punishment conundrums to methods for relieving defensive pressure. Now keep track of the latest releases by subscribing or following this podcast on whichever app you're listening to. And of course, have a statistically great day.